0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Totally 80s, the podcast dedicated to the music of the greatest decade ever. So turn
2: up your Walkman, loosen that scrunchie, and get ready to talk 80s with your host,
0: Lindsay Parker. Hi, I'm Lindsay Parker from Yahoo Entertainment and Sirius XM Volume, and this is Totally 80s. Today, I'm joined once again by the other John Hughes. Hello. And the man, the myth, the legend. I'm going to just say it right now. I looked at your Wikipedia page. You were the musical director on Smash.
1: (laughs) He's like, a I'm impressed. <laughs> Is that the credit you do, were waiting do we for? have to talk about? That?
0: <laughs> no, you did other you you've done many other amazing things and we can edit that out if you didn't appreciate that. But <laughs> I you I are loved it. <laughs> you are the songwriter behind just about every huge hit of the past oh, 10 years including Fits in the Tantrums Handclap, Panic at the Disco's High Hopes, One Direction's Rock Me, Good Charlotte's Sex on the Radio, Plus Songs for Train, Violent Femmes, Cobra Starship, Weezer you were involved with Shake It by Metro Station, the most 80s song to not actually be recorded in the 80s. It was. Like, such a good song. I was. It was oh, that is such a banger. It was a hot record. It was so good. It I still. So good. I just. I watch it every once in a while. I watch it like a week ago on YouTube just to get myself in a good mood. I
2: once met with some record label, cat, and he said to me, uh, he said in 2009 when Gaga was on tour, on the tour bus, the anthem was Shake It. They would play it over and over and over again. She has never called. Uh,
1: well, it's like you if know a lot of calls. If, if Gaga calls. well, we're going to help you because this is Sam Hollander. Yay. Yes, did I not say <laughs> that? I know. was so
0: starstruck. It's okay. Hello, it's okay. Sam Hollander. It's
2: okay, it's the strong genetics I can tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there. No, Sam. seriously, your your songs have been streamed over four billion times. They have. They and when have. I found out, when you yeah. found out, yeah, that we were doing this podcast, you actually messaged us. I did. <laughs> demanding. Which is a first. I did. Demanding. <laughs> yes. To be invited. And with credits like that, I was like, well, of course, well, this you know, has to happen.
2: My, my, my BFF, uh, Adam Schlesinger, uh, appeared in episode one and uh, he told me and I just... Uh my uncomfortable jealousy kicked in. <laughs> it was awkward for both of us, and I felt, you know, man, these are my people. This is my tribe. I, I need to uh, I need to express my opinions to the awesome. to this forum. We so are
0: excited I'm, because I'm
2: honored to be here. I'm shaking with enthusiasm.
0: Shake, 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 yes. shake it. I, I see what you did there. Give
2: you a little wiffle ball.
0: I took that bait. Okay. So you've obviously, as we just mentioned, you've written many hits. Yeah. So we are going to start by talking about One Hit Wonders. Fun. You've written for people who've had multiple hits. Sometimes you've written multiple of their hits, but some Hmm. people only in the 80s, they only got one time at that. Now, before we actually talk about our favorite One Hit Wonders, though, I want to lay down some ground rules or sort of just clarify things because- the term one-hit wonder gets batted around in a way that sometimes I don't like. Like, for instance, Devo's Whippet is not a one-hit wonder. They have been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The way I look at it is.
2: What do you deem a hit?
0: Well, see, technically, I guess the Billboard term, like when people like the VH1 or Rolling Stone list do their list, they say, is it top 40, John, or is top it top 40. 100?
1: So by those strict definition rules. Devo is a one-hit wonder. But see, the working term- in a coal mine got to number forty-one. Wow! Look at you. <sighs> That's their second biggest. That's hit? their second biggest it's hit. Not freedom
0: of choice or freedom
1: of choice peaked at one hundred one on the bubbling under chart. Wow! So, by, by the way, just for,
2: as a songwriter, I can tell you, whenever you see something on the bubbling under, <laughs> it's paid. <laughs> it's tough to. It's tough to stomach. You just, <laughs> you just, you just want to vomit. Yeah, it almost just, seems yeah. like
0: getting like a gold star in class, like a participation you tried. trophy. You try. Good <laughs> for like, you. Yeah.
2: It's, it, there's no. There. But I see. Okay, so
0: I do get respect and understand the technical definition mm-hmm. that it's about a certain chart placement. I wasn't sure if it was the Hot 100 or the top, the, yeah, you well, say Top 40. Yeah,
1: well, that's Hot 100 too, I guess. Yes, yeah. but
0: the thing is it's a dismissive term, One Hit Wonder, that mm-hmm. makes it seem like the only thing that this artist contributed to pop culture was this one song. That's the only thing that's going to be on their Wikipedia page. That's the only thing they're known for. So when you talk about people like Thomas Dolby, Soft Cell, Gary newman and cars when you talk about devo and you talk about the huge influence those bands had and the fact that you know like i said one of those bands has been nominated for the rock and roll hall of fame it's like is that a one-hit wonder compared Mm. to like curiosity
2: killed the cat (gasps) did you say oxo whirly girl yes i did and Uh, i cut you off a whirly girl (laughs) wow
0: Yeah, this already is going downhill. How could you put such disrespect on OXO's name?
2: I cut cut you off on OXO. (laughs) The crazy thing about OXO is I can close my eyes. This is going to be one of the, I'm going to hit you with all these. So OXO appears on Bandstand in either 82, 83, whenever that record drops. And that cat was in, what was he in it? He he sang Foxy, right? For GQ. For GQ. What same guy. Yeah, so he... and that was Miami. It was very Miami. Yep. It was a real Miami record. And uh when I heard Whirly Girl, I thought, oh, my God, this is just going to, this is going to, I was, you know, I was a little kid, I was like, this is going to decimate. This is going to be gigantic. And it went away overnight. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I mean, you know, it, it had, had l- such
0: great lyrics. Whirly, 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 whirly girl. Whirly, whirly, whirly girl. girl. <laughs> whirly, 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 whirly girl. girl. Yeah. I mean, come on. Where do you, <laughs> That's like Hemingway. I wanted to <laughs> throw Dylan.
2: Curiosity
1: Killed the Cat's Misfit in okay. the hopper, but I don't know did it chart. It did. It didn't make the top 40, though. I really? think I think it scraped it uh but, like at the bottom 40. 40s.
0: See, this is songs like When in Rome, The Promise or "Cutting Crew, I Just Died in Your Arms. They have lasting power, even though they were only one song and they may not have been on the charts for that long. We still remember the songs, but we would be stumped. Maybe not you guys, but like (laughs) the average person would be stumped to think of a second song, a follow up single.
2: Yeah. I just I just know that when in Rome seems to tour year round with a different band member fronting it as yeah, the voice of when in Rome sings the like promise. Teen loves Jezebel. Yes. There's a split yeah, it's
0: there like where, all those 80s yeah. shows, which sometimes they go to this 80s package tour where it's like naked eyes, but without the singer, yeah. the outfield. <laughs> but, you know, only one guy you know when in weird? Rome I'll when go I- to
2: those shows, though. Oh yeah.
0: I go to them. I, I actually saw one in Rome with them and I thought it you know, they know they know their place in history because those are like I'm sure a lot of people listening to this go to those concerts and it's like, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. People yes. come out, they do three or four songs. If you went there to see Mark Almond do anything but Tainted Love and one other song, you're gonna be disappointed. But they you know, when they all get like, I would say three to four songs, a right. headliner maybe maybe five or six. The guy from When in Rome comes out. He does the promise and goes, thank you. Good night. <laughs> and it's a 10 minute he version. Knows, he knows that no one wants to hear another song by him. He accepts his place as a one hit wonder, which I think is kind of noble of him. He's not claiming that anyone mm-hmm. wants to hear whatever. You know If what? When in Rome had a follow up single. I don't know if they even did.
2: Right. I, I, I began I to knows. see something hap- happen. <laughs> John knows, of course. Years ago, I began to see something happen with bands that I really do appreciate, I, you know. Um I work with this band Boys Like Girls. We had six top forty hits, right? During the run. That, you know, or they did. I, I wrote um two or three with them. What I would tell you about it is the first song we hit, had a hit with was uh The Great Escape. peaked mm-hmm. did uh, number eight in uh the top forty in two thousand seven. <laughs> and uh just a little <laughs> that for you. Sound like me. <laughs> um but what's great about Boys Like Girls now is Martin Johnson, the singer is a great writer and a great talent. He uh he figured, you know what? I'm gonna open with the Great Escape live now. Whenever I come, we do our comeback shows. Wow! I am gonna tease it twice during the set, <laughs> and, do and it I'm again. gonna encore with it. Wow! It's funny I say does that
1: because I saw Frankie Goes to Hollywood on their first U.S. tour in 1984, right. at the Variety Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. Excellent. And Relax was not a hit yet relax had got it was originally was it we two talked tribes first or two no? tribes yes. hit first in the u.s yeah. and then they re-released relax right. but this is before that had happened they came out they did a couple songs they did relax they did a few more songs they did relax yeah. they did a few in more songs
0: people weren't relaxed enough, <laughs> right. now they were in the right mind
2: I'm, I'm a big
1: fan of this sort of
2: behavior
0: You You bring up a good point. So, John, there are some bands that are wrongly, as I've just said, called one hit wonders. Some of them, in my opinion, are wrongly called one hit wonders because I think their legacy is more important than their one song. But there are some that are actually wrongly called it, like factually wrongly called it. And I have read on various like best one hit wonders of the 80s, like listicles, Frankie Goes to Hollywood is a one hit wonder. I'm like, no, they had three hits or at least two.
1: The one that really chaps me, especially working here. Aha, take on me. They
0: had a Bond song. They had,
1: I mean, <laughs> Sun Always Shines on TV yeah. got to number 12. Did I it mean, get that yeah, right? it doesn't okay. get any hittier awesome. than that.
2: Aren't yeah. the, the greatest cultural export to, to Germany from uh, wherever? They Norway, had a, from, from Norway. Norway. From Nor- no, yeah. but to Germany. Oh, really? Yeah, no, oh, I no, know. I didn't Oh, no, I think AHA's like fan base was fish? either. The Netherlands or German. Yeah. Like yeah. more yeah. than
0: fish? Sometimes. Not <laughs> the band fish, like that, you know, like. Fish, mar- mar- fish,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish, yeah, yeah, I don't know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. kind of
0: fish they yeah. eat in Norway, I don't no, know. No, <laughs> it, uh,
2: it's, it's nutty. No, their their career, AHA's career has been enormous in that region, but I can't. Quote, later records. I
0: would
1: argue everywhere but here. Yeah.
0: Well, Uh, I went to Norway once and like, I'm going to say it was 2002. I was there for a day on a trip throughout Europe. And I walked through whatever, like the version of Third Street Promenade is, like Mm -hmm. the shopping area of Oslo. And I guess AHA had a new record out that time. It was posters of AHA in every window. They are like what Bruce Springsteen is to New Jersey Aha is to Oslo Fantastic. because they are, as you say, the biggest import. A few other people I just want to cross off the list that I don't consider one hit wonders. Spandau Ballet. Drives me nuts. I mean, I know me they did, they gold.
1: had gold. Thank you. Gold. They had at least
0: two hits here, gold, gold. and true. But and of now, course, only when
1: you leave, got to know thirty eight, think. I mean, yeah. they're a
0: huge band. I mean, you know, yeah. it, second only to maybe Duran Duran and the whole new romantic export thing that happened here. Incredible. Thing. It's
1: funny. I was talking to Gary Kemp a few years ago, name drop. Yep. And Here's that name. Uh, thank well you. And he said because I we were he he did not realize they had more. He, he, either he was, you know, playing me or just being polite, but he was like, "No, we only had one top 40 hit in the US." True. And I'm like, "No, you didn't. You yeah. had two I love more. it when you correct <laughs> people. I'm awesome. Literally correcting the songwriter. And he says, yeah, we had a strategy. Uh, Duran was going to take America and we were just going to take Europe and be happy with that wow. and you Do know they have,
0: I'm trying to envision this like kind of like summit meeting they had like at yeah. a, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, like an, a, a boardroom with like Nagel paintings on the wall I don't think they had and it they're like Durand, drinking but... champagne and they have no I want yeah. to envision that it was a summit where they had like a map on the wall and they had like you know a little stick they were like pointing to and they're risk. like yeah. and there was yeah and there's like territories mapped out it's like here's Spandau land and here's Duran territory right. and let's in shake hands we'll have down under. let's right. have this this, like new romantic like truce you know <laughs> great moment in history alright but obviously Banner had more Men Without Hats a lot of people call one hit wonder. they had two hits Pop
1: Goes the World bam
0: Flock of Seagulls had at least three
1: yeah uh, Space, Space Age Love song, song for sure wishing, yeah. wishing. wishing and of course I ran and maybe you want to throw in The More You Live The More You Love if you're you know a nerd I like me That's you know I'll throw strong. it all in yep.
0: and The Fix no not that just one that drives me
1: crazy these like five hits right? yeah I mean yeah. come on that, that Ooh, record what? was so deep as it was you were on VH1 <laughs> right Lindsay, I'm looking at you yeah, as on, a talking head I many have. times. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to smack them when they call the fix a one hit wonder on their well, shows?
0: smacks are strong. <laughs> no, I don't. But I want to correct them for sure. I'm sure they do as well. But let's rule that out. I don't want to say soft sell were top. I don't want ah, to say Thomas right. Dolby. And I do not want to say that um, uh, Devo were. At all. Let's let's focus on like the real one hit wonders, the ones that really just came, and went they they left their mark. They burned bright. They burned out. But let's go around. I want to know of the 80s. What is your favorite one hit wonder of all time?
1: It, mine is one that I never discovered until like five or six years ago. I had no clue because. Yeah, it was like a big regional hit, apparently. Uh, I'm going to say it. You guys are probably giving me a blank stare, but it got to, you know, that magic number 38. Uh <laughs> get wet so lonely... Yeah, yeah, it's a very doo-woppy kind of uh, Do you song. Do not know this song. Produced at all. by Phil Ramone. Uh, it was. Uh, it Did was, you
0: stump uh, Sam? Doesn't have yeah. a look of recognition. I gotta say,
1: like you know what, you have to play
2: it. Like, uh, you know, of hopefully we'll play it at the station break. Yes, and uh, it's it's uh, it was
1: this. Uh, now you're
0: just showing off. I know. No, you just wanted to come up no, with no, the most obscure. It blew me
1: away. I never, and as big of a nerd as I am, I never heard this song. They were on American Bandstand and on YouTube.
0: What, is the band called Get Wet? The band's
1: called it's Get a good Wet. Band. Band name. It's a, Do you it's think a man, Andrew WK took the their name, name from It's that? a man and a woman. They were like a cabaret New York act that Phil Ramone <laughs> discovered and got them signed to Epic, and they had one album and one top forty single, and, and they did a remake of Where the Boys Are. That's really good. They had a video for that too.
0: Where were they from? New York. New York, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh did they have a video that was on they MTV? They had a
1: video. I don't never I don't think it was played on MTV because it was maybe a little too adult contemporary for early MTV. Oh, we're it was talking nineteen eighty one.
0: How you did know, you discover this? Because you a f- know everything. and A it took friend you till- of
1: mine stumped me on Facebook. He's like, did you ever hear of this band? And, and he posted like a link to the video. I'm like, no. And then I Google. I'm like, this was top 40. What the who the what the who the what? All right. I, I need this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: What is yours?
2: You know, I'm, I'm uh, kicking it back and forth, but
0: it's not whirly girl.
2: No. You know, there's two sides right now. Unlike you guys, I wasn't actually alive in the 80s. I was born in the 2000s, so <laughs> I'm just was aging just, at a very I strange rate. You. It's this Benjamin Button thing, and let's let it go. But um, if I had been alive in the 80s, there are two songs that are just, just percolating in my cranium at this moment. I'm going to say Captain of Her Heart by Double. Mm-hmm.
1: Double. They even have they even have it on the single sleeve, double. Is career. there an accent mark? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's incredible. Didn't know that. No that's, that's lost. Like the, Come on, Sam.
2: That's like the sound of you know uh, uh, late eighties joy to me. But the I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a different approach. I'm gonna go 1980, mm. and I'm gonna go Sausalito Summer Nights Diesel.
1: Oh my god! Wow. Great one. So, that's awesome.
2: Um, hey. That's that's the soundtrack of my 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 drives up the five and I, I'll put it on and it doesn't matter if it's, it's a frosty winter drive through <laughs> the great brine. The second I hear yeah, the the sort of I think it might diesel might have been a Dutch band.
1: I, they were from some Scandinavia type. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you know the lyric, but it seems to be about, you know, there's
2: there's a road trip to make it from L.A. to the bay. And the lyrics are sort of vague and somewhat nebulous, but there's a lot of like imagery of this drive to Sausalito where they finally make it to a Sausalito summer night. And I'm a big Sausalito guy, so I I, I love so everything So you felt hometown
0: this. pride from that?
2: Well, not, it's not in my hometown. It's my new home. It's, you know, oh, okay. I, I have a, I have a Sausalito spirit. Have you spent time in Sausalito? I have not. It's like a waking up in a Folgers commercial. So <laughs> What's you, the
0: best part of waking up yes.
2: <laughs> in Sausalito?
1: Wow. <laughs> you're, good. you're good. That's why you're a talking head. That was good. Love it. Yeah. Is that little uh, instrumental riff in the chorus, is that a keyboard or a guitar? I'm going to say it's a guitar. A and, guitar Right.
0: Keith, we need more more guitars <laughs> and, and, and,
2: the, and, the, and the deep the the deep octave voice though. Mm-hmm. Olive, sauce, little, summer nights. <laughs> so I, I, I the, that would be 1980, but you know, I could, year by year, there are so many uh, deep nuggets in every genre. You guys went deep. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go a little less deep. It's, um, it's actually, I'm sort of contradicting myself because I feel this band did contribute more to pop culture than just their one song, particularly in England where they had multiple hits. But I have to talk about it because it is my, it's not just my favorite one Who wonder. It's literally... My favorite song of all time.
2: Oh, my God. You're putting a lot of pressure on this. So. And it's
0: the number one song on VH1's admittedly problematic best one Here wonders of the 80s. It's Come on, Eileen. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect song. Don't at me. This is a perfect song.
2: Can it's I, literally I, my favorite song of all time. I just want to make it.
0: They were Mumford and Sons. Well, no, no, no <laughs> Three I, decades before first their of time.
2: All, it's a magical song. The it's question is, song. did Jackie Wilson said did the cover do anything? Not here. No, okay. we've talk- no we talked about that on the podcast. Did Celtic
0: Soul Brothers. Actually,
2: because as John, what Jackie John. Wilson said, it's one of the it's it's brilliant.
0: I discovered who Jackie Wilson was from that cover. That's the most meta thing to discover who Jackie Wilson is from. A Dexy's Midnight Runners cover of uh, a Van Morrison song, yes. <laughs> like that's that was my labyrinth to finding out who Jackie Wilson is. And
1: that's what they did on the Young Ones, right? Do they do Jackie Wilson da, 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 says on the Young Ones? Da, da, da. Yeah, they uh, did yeah. do that. Yes, that's how I discovered that. It's song. the greatest cover ever. It's awesome. But, I mean, I obviously,
0: in the UK they searching so for the I. young. <laughs> in the Would UK, I? like I believe, searching for the Young Soul Rebels was a bigger Dexy's album, yep. and yeah. they had Gino was a huge Gino song. was a number Gino's one hit. Great. But here they were a one hit, absolutely yeah. a one hit wonder, and I, I mean. They were just so interesting to me at the time because, you know, they were huge on MTV. I used to sit around and like wait for the video to come on. Right. I didn't honestly have to wait that long. I had right. to wait like a half hour. <laughs> I played it constantly. But, you know, at the time, like everybody else in MTV, it was like it, they looked like they had stepped out of liquid sky, you know, makeup, slash mm-hmm. blush, huge hair, very, you know, the the y like flock of seagulls look, hairspray. And here were these guys in like, like I said, dungarees, <laughs> right. Mumford and Sons before their time. They weren't playing guitars. They were mm-hmm. playing like washboards and banjos and like sticks and like... (laughs) like, you know, harmonicas and like things made out of wood. And they were, and you know, it was so British and it was so different from everything that was on MTV, but it's just like a perfectly written song. And a funny story I have is many years ago, I was dating a guy, this was the 90s, and he was in a band that was actually signed to Warner Brothers. And they were looking for a producer for their album. And they ended up, going with Clive Langer and Alan Winston Lee wow. at that time, because it was like right after 16 Stone by Bush had come sure. out and like, mm-hmm. you know, they were sort of in that vein and, you know, Warner was like, Oh, you we're know, taking this uh,
2: weird nineties turn. It's yeah. freaking me out. <laughs> but,
0: so anyway, I went out to dinner one night with, with uh, the band and their significant others and Clive and Alan. Sure. And of course, everyone was very excited about it. And we started talking talk about their credits, like shipbuilding and all this stuff. And then it came out that they had produced Come on, Eileen. And I just lost my shit. It's all Uh, I want to talk about.
2: It's an incredible production. All I want
0: to talk about. And then I found out that they were the ones that had the suggestion to put in the breakdown that was like, come on. The uh." halftime. And I was like, that was you. You are fucking gods to me. Sorry for my friends. And they actually seemed like this was the 90s where maybe like the nostalgia for that song had sort of not come around again. It was maybe they were looking at me like they were genuinely like confused as to why I have everything on their their list and the fact that obviously they had just had this huge hit with Bush that that's all I want to talk about <laughs> it's and it's still all I would want to talk about if they walked in I'd be like let's like, do us what song. about
1: Madness Morrissey anything else you want to talk about that we've worked on <laughs> I mean <laughs> we could do a
0: Clive and Allen podcast uh-huh. some other time but I, I I was so into this song and like I said um I actually think that do you think people thought they were a novelty act because they looked so different from all the other stuff that was going on in the eighties? Because of the 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 dungarees, because... they were one
1: step away from having like the upside down metal bucket with a big stick and a big piece of string for the But, base. but, <laughs> yeah.
2: but Didn't Men Without Hats sort of take that same thing in that video? The as medieval, well, uh, well, they were more medieval yeah. like with the little right, um, but they, they, they were they were men of the land. Yes, exactly. Oh, they sure. were
0: educational though. This is also how I discovered who Johnny Ray was. Yes, yes. right. Yeah, but I, you know, there's a painting moment on The Simpsons. Do you ever remember, like, they've parodied the Grammys on The Simpsons. Yeah. And there's this one Can you blame them? Sorry. No, I can't either. (laughs) Actually, yeah, there's another Simpsons episode where, like, Homer, like, loses the Grammy and he says something like, oh, it's okay, I want to win an award that matters, but that's (laughs) such shade. But there's this one episode where Homer and his friends have a barbershop quartet. Yes. And they're up for Best New Artist, and they lose, and they lose, um, they say something like, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but they say something like, oh, you beat, you." I think they win actually, but they say, oh, you beat Dexy's Men at Runners. And Humber goes, that's okay. We'll hear from them again. And I'm like, oh, oh. it's like a knife in my heart because the first album I ever owned was 2 Rye. Uh,
2: he passed a long time ago, right? Kevin Rowland? No, no he's still still around. around. Wearing yeah. sk-
0: he's wearing skirts and stuff. I was just yeah.
2: testing you guys. Oh, that's that's good. I do. Don't <laughs> scare <laughs> me like
0: that, Sam. I was that's really upset for a moment. But actually, I want to take get your take on this, Sam. So yeah. actually, we've talked about Come On Eileen on the show before, mm-hmm. me and John, on the podcast. And we were talking about how we don't understand why... Celtic Soul Brothers wasn't a hit or we understand why, but we don't understand why radio and MTV in particular who played the hell out of Come On Eileen didn't get behind the second single. And that's my first memory, that particular song, Come On Eileen being a one hit wonder of the phenomenon that someone could have a really big hit. But if for some reason the powers that be decide not to get behind the follow up single, you're that you're good. They have doomed you to one hit wonder status as someone who's written a bunch of songs, some of which were, you know, followed up by another big hit, some of which weren't. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like the fact that a band like Dexy's Minute Runners, who have a lot of other good songs, could be a one hit wonder just because MTV was like, eh, we're going to play uh, Celtic Soul Brothers literally once and then never play it again.
2: Was Steel Breeze? You don't love me anymore. You, 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 <laughs> you don't, don't want me anymore. anymore. that was the jam. <laughs> you know was MTV
0: that... played that yeah, a few times. Yeah,
2: okay. I just I don't know why they came ahead.
1: Um, <laughs> do you know they had? Do you know they had two top forty hits? There's a what's the follow up? Steel I Breeze. I can't hit? remember, but I know they've had two. That's an incredible fact. The yeah. video um,
0: for that sucked, which is probably why right. they didn't have a fault. But the video right. for Celtics were the brothers from which I've seen on YouTube since and sat around waiting for MTV to watch the premiere, which was probably the only time they played it. That was a good video.
2: I have never understood um, or chose to understand the metrics of the music business and sort of the, the decisions that are made, because, you know, I've seen things. I mean, look, Shake It was, uh I guess, four times platinum, something like that. Massive record for Metro Station. The follow up 17 <laughs> forever, I always thought was the more interesting song. And it came out and it, it eked its way to gold, mm-hmm. but it peaked it, you know, 28, 29. I remember it just disappearing overnight. Well,
0: That makes him mo- that's and- a hit. According to John's It was, yeah. but you criteria. know,
2: I, but the problem is I, I, in the industry, I think once a, a single cracks top 10, I think the uh, expectations for the follower are up are at least cracking top 15. So when something, cause you're getting a little bit of a layup, right? You're getting the mulligan, like Im- right. immediately you're coming out of the gate, you're going to get those early ads and you know, you should be able to cross number, you know, cross 30 pretty quickly, you know, if you're coming off of a top three single. Right. You know?
1: Speaking of 30, the second Steel Breeze single Give it to me. Dreaming is Easy Which I have
0: no memory at number of. number 30.
1: All right, so in are 1983. Hill,
0: there are two hit wonder then. They
1: are St- two were Steel Canadian? They were American. <laughs> they felt Canadian. They, I just they, they definitely felt Canadian. They're from Sacramento. Okay. I want
0: to create, I want to just offer one more fun fact before I finally stop avenging the sadness that Dex and Matt Runners only had. Since one I killed hit. off
1: your singer anyway. So.
0: <laughs> that's Sorry how not. rumors get started, Sam. <laughs> uh, the character of Eileen in the music video, who yeah. was also on the cover yeah. of the of the uh, single, that's 45, is Marie Fahey. Sister of Siobhan from Bananarama, uh, incredible
1: Which, fact. Who, you could
0: kind of see that.
1: Who was wearing? Uh, she was wearing the dungarees and with no shirt first. Siobhan, Siobhan a, or Siobhan was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly on the Fun Boy Three record for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those bands that someone goes Bananarama, one-hit wonder, and I want to throttle them. No, there's I mean, no way that. On. There's a one-hit wonder. I go, I, yeah. I go deep on
2: Bananarama. Right? I, I back Bananarama to the end.
0: But let's oh, talk about you, you a Sway
1: and Jolly guy or a uh, Stock Ake and Waterman guy. I'm a Stock Ake and
2: Waterman mm-hmm. guy, but I would say Sway and Jolly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, apples and oranges, they right. both had perfection. Two different bands, right? Yeah. Now, where does it end for you, Stock Ake and Waterman? Oh, what, what's uh, the last great single? Because I debate this great all the time. single? From and I knew Or just no from Stock and Waterman. Oh, from
1: Stock and Waterman. Gosh. Uh, We should do a Stock Waterman podcast. Yeah, when they get into the Kylie stuff and Jason Donovan, I'm out. There's one great single that never
2: gets the credit it deserves. Unfortunately, we can save it for totally 90s when we regroup. (laughs) But uh, That's What Love Can Do by Boy Crazy is a
1: perfect
2: single Stock and Waterman. Is that Boy Crazy with a K? With a K. (laughs) Of course. And a big, big hit on... X plateau records and Tape. Hmm. is it Lachlan, crazy with two E's in my soul it is <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: we should do a stock and Water we podcast. definitely but let's yeah. get back to one hit wonders that okay. we cannot really in any way argue there's nothing else on their Wikipedia page to say that they were a two hit wonder there's no number 38 right probably one of the greatest one hit wonders from my childhood mm-hmm. just because I like to play the game so much is Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia oh, that's a jam
1: I got Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. It's driving
0: me crazy. It's driving me crazy. I got Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. I'm going out, going out of my mind. I
1: got pac-man fever. Pac-Man fever.
0: I'm going out of my mind. Pretty yeah. much pretty <laughs> certain we can't be like, no way, owed oh, to a centipede. That was bubblied <laughs> under. What about go frog or go? That <laughs> beeped at number. What? You're
1: leaving out "Do the Donkey Kong." I, you didn't Do let the, me finish. In I have
0: the, the cassette <laughs> of the album, but I mean, talk about a band that just left. The, it captured a moment in time, and then we're like, we're out. I did have they have t- a second album?
2: Let me tell you something. <sighs> Little known fact is, I produced the Buckner and Garcia follow-up. Wait, what? Um, I did Tetris, <laughs> and people are still talking about <laughs> it. My Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? Pac-Man Fever was was. Uh, I when when I uh, when I try to form a snapshot of it, I remember it being used any time that the nightly news in New York, the, mm-hmm. the local news, would do a piece on the the, the Atari phenomenon mm-hmm. or arcades. Cut to Pac Man Fever. It was like it was always spliced into every news piece. I don't remember ever hearing it on a station in America. Oh, they I, played it. Oh, a lot I'm sure they did. In L. A. Cleveland,
0: it was in L. Really? A. They played it all the time. There like there was it was like a high
1: rotation. A little rash of video game theme songs. There was one by Uncle Vic called Space Invaders that wow. they played. All right, John, and, yeah. you're going deep. I mean, I know. God, the Buckner Garcia album you're had good.
0: a had a love ballad, Ode to a Centipede. It went centipede, just, you can't <laughs> run away. No, I have the album. All right. Go frog or go, go frog or go. You um, gotta keep like, on. I feel until like am in the, the midst top. of
1: giants right now. Like this <laughs> is like this is They were on so American fresh. Bandstand, and they, Buckner-Garcia? yeah, Buckner Garcia. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. They look like two, uh, two guys that do the books for like your neighborhood bar,
0: and maybe did. They did. It, it,
1: yeah, and they're kind of like yeah, like those, the bow tie. They go. Like, but they saw an opportunity they? Yeah. and they
0: jumped on it. They were like Pac-Man is sweeping mm-hmm. the nation. I like it. Kids are obsessed with Pac-Man. I had a dance to Pac-Man, which won't really translate to this podcast. But me and my best friend. And then my sister, we had a podcast where we went Pac Man and we did like a biting hand mm-hmm. Pac Man. And then we put our hands across Jeez. our brow to oh. swipe. Like so it. we were like, Pac Man, you know, Fever.
2: People don't know we're doing this together right now. But, um, <laughs> and then
0: for the, it was pretty much a yeah. sign language dance. Then yeah. <laughs> for the, it went, I, for the part that goes, it's driving me crazy. We did a driving thing where we <laughs> pretended to steer wheel. Mm-hmm. And then for crazy, yep, we did. We did the thing where you swirl your, right. so there it was, you go. I wish this was on video because you're not seeing the magic of this dance. Hopefully you'll record it later on, for bonus,
1: bonus material. For, yes.
0: Every time I hear this song, I kind of, without even realizing it, start to do the dance.
2: I don't hear it often, but I would say <laughs> It's not really um, one
0: that gets on the 80s well, Last you know, Night Lunch on the radio. It would radio. be nice if
2: those guys got invited out to one of the you know, bring them out to the forum to that show <laughs> next I, month. I'd one like of them say, is actually know?
0: dead. I don't remember if it's oh. Buckner and Garcia, but one of them is is passed away. That's See, not a rumor. I think Kevin you're making Rowling. this up. Kevin Rowland's alive. <laughs> no, because I'm like, I, not to sound disrespectful to but I'm like the one person that when like the news alert was like that one of them had died was like, oh, no, not Garcia. <laughs> right, I well, really, well,
2: Garcia. Well, Pour out a little bubbly water today for the. I, I, I collect the, Pac-Man like I
0: memorabilia. It's like the only video game I'm good at, and it's the only video game I really like because so many other video games are violent, mm-hmm. shooting people, or yeah, whatever. Sure. And this one is about something we all enjoy: binge eating,
1: right.
0: <laughs> cherries <laughs> and, and, and bananas, little, and, 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 taking taking pills. Pills. and
1: and lots of dashes. Very yeah. 80s, That's right? Very 80s. So, what's your worst one-hit wonder? I can Ooh, start. Go. Uh, mine was definitely without a doubt "Will to Power," baby. I love your oh. way slash free bird. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't
0: even, it was just two shitty covers. Oh my God.
1: You know, first of all, let's take two songs that were overplayed uh, in the Midwest all through the 70s and mash them up and take away any spirit or bite that they may have had. And again, a band you really have to see on video because you have this, you know, they look like a fairly attractive couple in their early 40s maybe
0: They look like swingers.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's got this long They just it's like they did a song for their key party. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody come on in. I'm embarrassed to, to see s-
0: I'm embarrassed to say that I heard both of those songs for the first time via that cover. Oh my. I know. It's a pr- you would think you I would have heard- up in LA. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true really? Yeah, even wow. the f- e- well I feel like at some point in my youth, I must have heard them, Mm. the real versions of them. But like, when I first heard the Will to Power single, I was not aware they were covers. And I thought to myself, these aren't good songs. What's your worst? My worst is hard to say. I'm a positive person. I had a list of ones I really liked. Um, That's no fun. I will say that when I heard Lunatic Fringe come on MTV... (sighs) A tough record. Uh, Okay, there are two songs. One of them's not a one hit wonder, but there are two songs that videos that when they would come on MTV were immediate, like Bathroom or Sandwich Break. And they felt like they were 11 minutes long, and I wanted to die. One of them was Lunatic Fringe. And we were locked on the second one. Big Log by Robert Plant. Now, he's obviously not a one hit wonder. He he did a few (laughs) other things in his career. But my God, that was a big turd. Just. Big log indeed. But Red Red Rider by... I mean, I know Tom Cochran had Live as a Highway. Right. He went on to do other things. But like... that song was so like turgid and it dragged and it didn't help that the video was really sucky.
1: Yeah. It's that first minute where it's just like, you know, synthesizer, like, get to the chorus. It just
0: sucked like all the life out of me. I'd be like really excited. I'd be sitting there waiting for Come On Eileen to come on for the seventh (laughs) time that day. I'd be really excited because Martha Quinn had said, you know, when like the little like animated flag comes up, it's like coming up in the next half hour. I'd be like, cool, Come On Eileen's coming on. And they'd be like, but first lunatic french right. i mean, f- fml i didn't actually say mm-hmm. that cuz people didn't say fml back then but what's your I thought worst? it. Same. I mean,
2: it's, that's a, this is a tough one for me. Um, I wasn't a big hairband guy. Mm. So there are a lot of things that could fall into that category that just weren't my taste at the time. There was like a Slaughter single, I remember. Slaughter the were are. like the last yeah. <laughs> gasp of that. Yeah, the, 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 the end of that era, there were a bunch of things. Trickster. Trickster, Slaughter. And um, those singles stick out to me as Mm -hmm. like records that I just um, I couldn't get with on any level. But you know, but now looking back on it, you know, you know what? Which record I, I I would say growing up in New York, if I'm gonna say a record that was huge, but every time I heard it, I just I felt uncomfortable, it was Silent Morning by no- Noel Oh, yeah. You know, it's a real
1: club record. Noel, right? Noel Silent Morning? Yeah. <gasps> Lindsay is stumped again. A, it was a freestyle
2: record. Yeah, I feel record.
1: like a failure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, on the freestyle, on the freestyle tip, I was a big fan of sort of what Expose was doing. Seabank, mm-hmm. one you more know, shot. Seabank is great. That's, that's a hot record. I don't even know if
0: that was considered yeah. a hit outside of LA, but that's that, an LA record. It's an LA yeah. record. But Such no, a good but
2: song. It, we had more of the Sweet Seduction and Sweet Sensation, <laughs> or maybe Seduction and Sweet Sensation, Catch me or, I'm Falling. Or, and, yeah. yeah, well, Pretty Poison that's actually one of the greats. That's awesome. That's an A plus record. Mm-hmm. There was something about Silent Morning. I think when Noel performed live, um, he would. Get on stage and the beat would drop and he flick a cigarette in the crowd immediately. That was the shtick, like you know, yeah. lit cigarette in the crowd, which was always a, a bold look. But you know, I uh, <laughs> hope he for, was insured. Yeah, for some reason, like was it, was, it the
1: lyrical content? It was, it just because like, you know what it's about, right? Yes, I know. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Tell me, it's about AIDS, HIV, yeah. someone oh, dying. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a socially conscious song. Yeah, yeah. it, it and, wasn't. No,
2: lyrical content's great. I love yeah. it. It was something about the vocal performance that mm. just wasn't my thing at the right. time. For some reason, Silent Morning it was really big where I grew up, and that yeah. I always had a hard time with i just never loved the record huge club
1: hit huge
0: there are some club hits that i wrote down that i liked but let me ask you if you consider these to be one hit wonders what's on your mind pure energy by information society
1: i'm gonna a couple hits i'm gonna hit the reject on that one walking away and think
2: that was was Mm -hmm. a tommy boy records and tapes uh you know and it was tommy i think it was their one foray into sort of uh sort of uh electro pop thing and uh uh, you know, uh, having done all the Bambata stuff and something coming out of that, they segued into pure energy. It started
1: uh, with uh, the 12 inch of running, yep. which was a big um, break dance yep. uh, jam.
0: Okay, Funky Town—that's a one-hit wonder. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, Sea we mentioned. Yeah, we haven't even talked about one of my favorite one-hit wonders, Baltimore's Tarzan Boy. Oh, that's a one-hit wonder. That's a great right? single. Poor yeah. Baltimore. Yeah, he you passed very he, young, yeah. right? He that passed an away of AIDS, I believe. Exactly. That was yeah. an
2: incredible record. Do you, you guys don't know this, but I got my start at uh, eighteen. I was signed to a production deal. Um, I, I was rapping and singing this huh. weird sort of pop hybrid that didn't really ha- didn't really work. Please really, tell me this really stuff's li- on
0: YouTube. <laughs> oh, of course.
2: Didn't really light up the charts. But what I would tell you about it was um, I was signed in a production deal with the system, McM- McMurphy and David oh, Frank. Wow. So Don't Disturb This Groove yeah. it had been like a prom song for me that I was really into. And then a year later, these guys signed me at wow. 18. And um, um, I would say so that, you know, I do not, I don't know if... Uh, if sweat actually are uh, you in my system or any of that stuff uh, You're in my charted. system.
1: I know from Robert Palmer. Yeah, that's right. how
0: I know. That's not right. he, Yeah. He, that's a cover song.
1: It's a cover of the oh, system wow. Yeah, yeah. I know it was song. a big uh, R&B hit. The you system, system. these guys yeah. were so They were
0: good.
2: And then, you know, um, David goes on and, and does Genie in a Bottle mm-hmm. for oh, Christina. Wow. But, you know, he he did a lot of the synth work on some of the Shaka Khan stuff. He might have done some synth work on Feel For You, certainly on that album. And yeah. David Frank was badass. And he, uh, um, those guys scooped me up very young, but don't disturb this groove to me. If, if, if the system were deemed a one-hit wonder on a pop side, it is the perfect pop yeah. record of that time. We
0: got to talk about some other clubby songs that I enjoy. We got to talk about, wait for it. Laid back white horse. Is that a hit? Uh, it it's a hit, a hit in my world. It's
1: a worldwide hit. It's a club record. It's a global did they have phenomenon. any other songs? They did overseas. Okay. They did not okay. hear, but that was a, they, I was on sire. I was a top 40 hit here. It's a great record. What about? It, it, it was exciting because uh, we all got excited in high school because he says, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big, big, big time. Big, big thing. Like that.
0: You didn't grow up in Los Angeles. We didn't no. blink an eye at yeah. that. I don't think I realized what that song was about though. Yeah. I still late. think people don't yes. know. Google. I'm like, horses are, <laughs> horses are fun. It's about They're cleaning cute. products. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, uh, we don't have to take our clothes off by Jermaine Stewart. Again. That was a banger. Why do you keep mentioning the people who okay, died? So, and the word <laughs> well, <laughs> it... Kevin Rowland's still alive, so we can take I solace say in that.
2: Jermaine Stewart, two, two things I want to say. One, yeah. The Word Is Out is the better single of yes. the two. Oh, wow. The Word 100% Is Out is, is the work of art. Two... You guys said that because you know that I interpolated that record with Gym Class Heroes into a top 20 hit in 2006 mm-hmm. close off. And I did that because I adore Jermaine Stewart
0: Yay. and his work. here's the thing.
1: We we
0: Awesome. But do you, do you um, argue that he's not a one-hit wonder? Then he's a one-hit wonder. Yeah, well, no.
1: word is out as an incredible singer. UK very big though. Yeah. He had many hits in the UK, along with Shalimar.
2: Solid. Tra- sol, uh, so, uh, sorry, uh, a soul train dancer. Uh, oh wow. N- no, was Jermaine the soul train dancer? I'm. I'm. This is where I mean, I'm. The Shalimar at. guys were, but yeah. I believe for some reason Jermaine Jermaine may have been. May have been
0: yeah. Well, another song that actually got interpolated or sampled on a huge hit is "Genius of Love" by Tom Tom Club. Now, uh-huh. obviously, two of the people. Tom Pomp Club or in a band that could n- never be called a one-hit wonder, Talking right. Heads. But are to- is that a one-hit wonder? Did- Wordy
1: Rapping Hood, also my favorite single on that record, huge too. Huge everywhere, but here. Yeah. Wordy Rapping Hood I think was number one in Italy. Yeah. And what, yeah. I,
0: what I love about this podcast is any one-hit wonder we could throw out, we could, yeah. throw, we, <laughs> between work. the three of us yeah. have yeah. an argument, but like, no, but, that one song was number 39 is, in in. This in, is called a nerd It is. Yeah, I true.
1: love Pleasure of Love, the yeah. first single from yeah. Close to the Bone. That's Amazing. great. Song.
0: Somebody's Amazing. watching me by Rockwell. Now that's yeah. a one-hit wonder, right? No uh, other song.
1: Obscene Foam Collar got is in that the top 40. 40. Is that true? That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. You, you get the other look. Okay. But yeah, let d- me ask you something just like momentum. But doesn't
2: Rockwell really, if Michael wasn't on the record.
0: I mean, wasn't Mm -hmm. the story with that is that he was Barry Gordy's son, but Motown didn't know because he like you know he auditioned. You took it out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That's my joke? You took my punchline. (laughs) Sorry, bastard. That was (laughs) my. I was
2: was sitting. Tori was on the tip of my tongue. Yes,
1: (laughs) my dad didn't know I auditioned for nine hundred two one zero.
2: I auditioned as Tori Schwartz. No (laughs) one had any idea. Yeah,
0: apparently, apparently (laughs) apparently Rockwell Gordy, whatever his real name is, Uh, like uh, sent uh, in an anonymous audition, or I'm like sure. Jan, sure. How can
1: I unwind a guilty rest receiving sick phone calls from a unknown- lone
0: Exactly. What about the rain? Orange juice? Jones? Is that that's a one hit wonder? Yeah. That's one
2: of the great New York so records. So yeah. That's one of the great. You're
1: just a squirrel looking for a nut. The best is yeah. I think last season or the season before SNL did a sketch about that which video. Was, I which saw it so too. random and weird. I,
0: I hadn't seen the video in a really long time, and I actually was seeing someone, Josie Cotton, who I think some people would call a one hit wonder sure. for Johnny. Are you queer? Even though I, of course, like There's had an entire album yep. and. Loved Valley Girl and all that. But I saw her play at like some 80s show, Missing Persons, uh-huh. who also are not a one here wonder, were performing at the Canyon in Agora. And they were showing them the most random 80s videos right. in between. And the orange juice Jones video came on a big screen. It was glorious. And I was watching it and I did not remember that it was like this 11 minute song where like the yeah. last eight minutes of it are him he, just like telling this chick off. He just talks forever. Off. He's like, oh, and another thing, pack up that. Oh, and here's your records. And you, you know, he just, it's like, did he ad lib that? Do well, we know if that was I think he took scripted? the best
2: of those 70 soul intros, like on a Manhattan's record on yeah. it, just to say oh. goodbye or any of these things. You know, he, he, he took that notion and he thought, you know what? I don't need a bridge. I don't need anything. I'm just going to go. And I remember taking that journey with him in my car a million nights. <laughs> Many said, wow, times. I'm really an orange juice Jones because that, 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 that time period, especially in New York, you had orange juice Jones, the two records that I think really are, are the poster child of that thing. It was that and shake you down. It was Gregory yeah. Abbott. Right. And those were the two records. That was the sound of the city mm-hmm. that summer. I remember those are records,
1: man.
0: I'm just curious. I'd love to talk to him, get some Intel if that was a scripted bit. Or if they just were like, go in the studio and just start talking Why shit. Why don't we call
1: him? I'm sure he's available. <laughs> I'm <Is> he <around? laughs>
2: I mean, ever, you know, I think he's around. Because
0: yeah. like, to me, it has, and I don't mean this in a shady way, I mean this in the best mm. possible way. It feels like an ad lib that like he just went off mm. and they just were like, you know hope. what? All of this is yeah. gold. We're leaving all of it on the song. That's right.
1: Now close your mouth because you cold busted. That's right. Now sit down here. Sit down here. So upset what you. Don't know what to do. My first impulse was to run up on you and do a ramble, whip out the jammy and flat blast both of you. But I ain't want to mess up this thirty-seven hundred dollar Lynx coat. So instead, I chill. Chill. Then I went to the bank, took out every dime, and then I went and canceled all those credit cards, yeah. all your charge counts.
0: There's so many other songs I could talk about. There's uh, obviously we can't go on forever because well, the '80s were just chock full. But I don't want to end without throwing a few more in the mix.
1: There's a subgenre of one-hit wonders, TV Late. stars that had one hit in oh, the sure. Oh, like Jack or, Wagner, Jack Wagner, Don Johnson, mm. Heartbeat, uh, Eddie Murphy, Party All the Time. Party
0: all. The, well, you don't consider Boogie on Your Butt a one-hit wonder, <laughs> wonder. Kara played it all the time. Kara played that all. It's such a like. Politically incorrect song. I don't think now it
1: charted, though. It was of, on K Rock yeah. all uh, the
0: time. It was like a novelty. It kind of like Pac Man Fever, but you know, everyone thought it was really funny. I
1: want to see Sam's face for this one. Cheryl Ladd, think it over.
0: His face is. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It. Oh, wow. I know Cheryl Ladd. <laughs> yeah. and I'm. I could, You'd love the single sleeve. It's basically her a, in a satin starter jacket. Like, I would hope buttoned down to, her, you know, to her pro- yeah. a button to a. What about "Wrap Rodney" by
0: Rodney Dingerfield? Oh yeah, I mean that. he's a TV star. Sure. I guess. "Wrap and Rodney"
2: was a hot little record. Yeah, that was a great record. You know, I I'm always in fan. I'm always a fan of a TV star going for it, right? <laughs> like, why not? You know, I mean, going back to Travolta doing, you know, let him in, right? Oh yeah. yeah, let her in. What? Oh, let him in. Let her in. Let her in. Did Joni
0: and Chachi have any? T- chart hits
1: in my <laughs> in my heart, in my world. Uh, look at me, look at, at me. This yeah. is the jam. I, you
0: look at me, and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it's magic. I mean, that was they tried, yeah, they and tried, they I were f- bubbling under. Leaf Garrett. I, I mean Garrett on. was on 80s, though.
1: I that think, think it was more 70s. Like crosses it at
2: 80 at one point. Right? David Naughton making it, Make think, it by by way, making by the way, it's a great song. Brilliant, Michael
0: Damien from The Young and the Restless, the only soap opera I've ever watched, and I completely crushed on him. and He had. I I will freely admit I did not know the David Essex version. I remember being home during the summer. I know they must have had this be a summer episode when kids were home watching the soaps. And I remember Danny Romolotti doing rock on wow. at like whatever the peach pit after dark version of <laughs> young and the restless yes. was like their local like mm-hmm. oh it was like called like antonio's or Giorgio's. it was like or mario's it was like an <laughs> italian eatery where maybe it was called Romolotti's actually it might have been a family business scorpio's hey. yeah it's and cool. Dan- <laughs> and danny uh-huh. sings rock on there and i was like yeah this is rock music let me tell you this something. is edgy when that cool. record
2: dropped i was already like a complete like just absolute asshole. Like I was just, (laughs) I I had totally morphed into like record snob by the time I was, you know, 14 or 15. And I remember like lecturing, like, no, you know, this is no David Essex.
1: (laughs) Yes. No (laughs) David Essex. You don't know David Essex. We have parallel lives. I was uh, working at Cam's record shop when I was 14 years old. And the reason they hired me is because people would come in while I'm there going through cassettes and shopping and they would go, I'm looking for a song. The video is a guy with long hair (laughs) and he gets caught like it by a mobster and shot or something. I'm like, Tony Carey, a fine, fine day. (laughs) And they'd go, oh, thank you. And by the way, yeah, love fine, fine day. Another one hit wonder. It's an amazing, um, that that's a great one hit wonder. And yeah. I just
2: want to give you guys one little eighties tale that I think it just, just jumping off of John. I worked at the Bazaar mall in Mount Kisco, New York. I worked at Fave shoes where I was a stock boy. Right. Um, uh, I was across diagonal down about 50 yards from the, uh, I want to say the record exchange, or whatever it's called, the uh, sound con, whatever, whatever the, it was the local chain that kept changing names. Mm-hmm. But, the big, uh, the big sort of uh, awakening for me was that John Waite lived in our town at right. the height of Missing You. Not know?
0: a one-hit wonder. By changes a banger. Well, changes I saw him on one of those bullshit lists.
2: Oh, no, never. Changes
0: the jam. Also, and
2: the babies gets him in anyway. Yeah, okay. but Go on. The And, you know, the word of mouth for many of the, my friends who worked at the record store, uh, they didn't hire me, of course. You know, I'm right. the guy who didn't make the cut at the record store. How you like me now? Um, <laughs> exactly. But, uh,
0: You're not bitter about yeah, it, Yeah, not
2: the least bitter. Uh John Waite, though, supposedly would stand in front of the John Waite records and look around to see if anyone was sort of like noticing. And I'll tell you the funny thing about it is as time went on, I used to just vilify this guy. I was like, oh man, what a clown. You know? But the truth is, I'm that guy now.
1: Yeah.
0: You're I'll standing sta- by the Metro I'll Station stand in section. An and be
2: like, Did
0: <laughs> you're standing by the soundtracks, put in the Smash single record in uh, the front. Uh, oh <laughs> I'm not being shady. I loved Smash.
2: You know what? Here's the thing about Smash. Smash, um I worked in the second season. Let me be of Smash.
0: your star sam
2: I didn't do that, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did work with uh, with uh, I did. I worked with uh, Broadway. Broadway. Here I come, which was Jeremy Jordan. And I believe that chart in the Hot 100 mm-hmm. um, beyond bubbling under I but <laughs> what I would say about it is uh, smash was a fascinating experience. There were probably 15 executive producers on the show, uh. including Stevens uh, Spielberg. And as I well. am frequent to mention, sometimes you would get notes that say SS likes SS don't. And as a Jew, as you know you <laughs> yeah, never hear exactly. SS you just get a little, yeah, so hey, little comfortable so yeah I don't know smash Sorry,
0: I don't I'm actually not being shady I love yep. smash my friend Jim Cantiello he used to do a a YouTube series called smashed. <laughs> where people would get drunk on wine and watch. It was like Mystery Science Theory a thousand percent. I
2: thought, you know what? I thought it was a great mm-hmm. idea and there are moments of it that were incredible. And, it, you know, for me, it was a learning curve and I worked with some really great people on it, but it was, uh, it was such a wild ride. And, you know, when I, when it flamed out, it was so <laughs> sad because everybody knew it was ending at once and it's mm-hmm. awful when the plane is going to, you know. Uh, that,
0: well, I do apologize that of all the things I could have honed in on your resume, it was that. No, but let's go with it. Let's go with it's it. It's very, it sort of ties into what we're talking about. There are artists who have done a lot in their lives. Smash was like a
2: half a hit wonder. Yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, but you know, there are artists like, you know, The Vapors or Tony. Mm-hmm. Talk about, let's talk about Tony Basil. Crazy ass resume. She was an easy ride. She mm-hmm. choreographed all these people, choreographed monkeys. She mm-hmm. was in the movie Head. She was in the lockers. She's done all, so much stuff with her career. But what do people remember her for?
1: That cheerleading outfit. That. Oh. <laughs> I stood Mickey let's just say which is
0: one of the greatest one hit wonders ever and I'm sure you guys know that it was a cover of a racy song I'm sure you know that
1: Chap and Chin
2: uh, yes one two I stood next to her at a funeral last month oh no and it was very uncomfortable because I wanted to fanboy her and I felt like maybe the wrong
1: room for it but man I've seen her at (laughs) Whole
0: Foods and wanted to (laughs) fanboy her I want her to reenact the Shopping A to Z video in like the
1: (laughs) aisles I'm sorry for your loss I love (laughs) Shopping A to Z She's
2: She's <laughs> real cool, man. Like, watching her, she is real cool. But
0: she, her resume is crazy. She choreographed for David Bowie mm-hmm. on the Diamond Dogs tour. She was an easy rider. But when, you know, someone looks at her Wikipedia page or when it comes time, you know, hopefully not anytime soon for her obituary, it'll be like Mickey Singer, Tony Basil. That's yeah. what she'll be known Smash for. Smash fan. And smash. There you go. you right. know what? Right. You don't know. <laughs> Who knows? You don't okay. know. But that is probably one of the greatest One Hit Wonders. I, I think say. so.
2: It always it makes it on every list. It's a good way to wrap it up, too. Well, there's
0: yeah. one more subset Uh-oh. I want to say, because Uh-oh. I just want to make sure we get this song. And there was you talked about subcultures of One Hit yep. wonder songs. There was a, a small little subculture or subset of songs that were about numbers on bathroom walls, <laughs> cheap <laughs> yes. tricks, uh, she's tight. She's tight. Yeah. Bathroom Wall by Faster Pussycat. Yeah. But the king of them all is 867 eight, by Tommy Two-Tone?
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: He, that's a one-hit wonder, right? I what had, if I
1: told you he's not a one-hit wonder and he had a top 40 hit before 867 I five, would not three, believe nine. you. In 1980, Angels Say No got to number 38. I'd, Incredible. Okay,
0: I guess it counts. I guess it counts. Say yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. By, I want to ask just this, uh, one last question. Give it to me. There are some artists who are considered wrongly or rightly to be one-hit wonders or basically known for one song. Yes. And I remember I went to see Scritti Politti about 10 years ago, five years ago. was when Scritti Politti are great, and I don't consider them a one-hit wonder, but a lot of people do. And they, they played the Roxy. Green comes out, and he goes up to the mic before they've sung a note and says, so just so you know, we're not going to do a perfect way tonight. And everyone booed, because it's like, that's right. the song. There are some artists that are very comfortable with their legacy. Did he do it or no? No, they did not. He did Bees" and he did um, Boom, There She Was. He yeah. did some of their other hits. But no, they had a new album promoting But no, they did not do a perfect way. That's why. And there were people who were disappointed. I'd
2: be disappointed. Yeah.
0: So- there are some artists that are very comfortable with their legacy of being a one hit wonder. They're like, well, that's more hits than most people get. And they embrace it. As you said, there'll be like bands that will just like do their their yeah. one hit twice. Mm-hmm. And then there are some others that really have a problem with it. They really are angry that they're only known for like one song and that they, you know, how, how do you feel about that? Especially someone who's worked with artists, Sam? You know,
2: my philosophy is that we're all so incredibly lucky to have anything that resonates on any level ever. That to to take any offense to any labeling is nuts to me. If you get an opportunity to have a song heard, like my songs that have resonated, like it's the most incredible feeling in the world. And if I if it if I had just had had one song that made it through, I'd be totally cool with that. Just the fact that it comes on at Whole Foods and <laughs> people are smiling and people are singing along when I'm on the checkout line. That's why I do this. So I, 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 I don't get it. I, you know, like Mark McGrath gets on stage every night and Mark's a really good friend of mine and Mark, Mark had it. You know, there are a lot of Sugar Ray hits, but you know, this is a guy who he, he gets it. Like he wasn't just,
0: one of their albums called like 15 minutes or yeah, something,
2: 1459 or yeah. Whatever. yeah. <laughs> he, he's in on it. But what, it, like, that's the spirit. Mark is a perfect example of how, how an artist, I think, should approach this, where he's just, he's having fun with it. If there's another hit, there'll be another hit, but he also understands the significance of what these songs mean to people, and mm-hmm. I think that's what more artists need to do. Never, mm-hmm. and, and it breaks my heart that you say that about Scrutty Politi, because I'm a huge fan. It like, was still a
0: good show, Cupid and about, he, he's
2: doing it now. He's doing it uh, okay, He's, he's go, added it back okay. to the set list. They gotta come back so, to yeah, LA Because Cupid and Psych, to me, was one of the most oh pivotal, pivotal records of my childhood, because it, it's those David Gampson drums, mm-hmm. And the voice against it and the writing and the sophistication mm-hmm. of it. It was, I think that was as close to perfect pop of the eighties. That There's record. a whole different
1: podcast about Cupid and Psyche 85. Yeah. And, and, and just it, it's influence on Janet Jackson and everything. Oh, yeah. that came and after. there's a
0: whole other podcast about bands like that, that actually are known for a certain era of music, like human league or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually had a whole like weird beginning to how they right. were. Love and then it. had a whole other second career. But in terms of these artists, that we're talking about that only had one hit it's more than one people get I'm glad that most of them when they do their shows do the songs and here we are 40, 30, 35 years later still talking about them so obviously they made their mark so thanks everybody for listening thank you Sam thank you John this was Totally 80s the podcast dedicated to the music of the greatest decade ever
2: don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Totally 80s and please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform Until our next episode,
0: catch you on the flip side.